Hello and welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. It is 2024 and I'm still Stacy Fleece. And, and I'm, I'm still Samantha. <laughs> and welcome to 2024. This is uh this is exciting stuff. I could not be happier to kick 2023 to the fucking curb. Yeah. But why? Like I just um I actually had uh, my CEO said to me the other day, which I thought was hilarious. He said, you know, normally like you go into January and you have a hard time writing the new year number, like on checks. And so, I, I know nobody writes checks anymore, but let's just go with this. And he said, you know, normally like you have a hard time writing it on checks. And he goes, not this year. I have not written 23 on anything. And we're only 10 days into the month. So um, I think everybody had this like, 23 bye-bye I think done I think it was like coming off of just the crazy ass COVID and all that and then 23 was kind of our re-entry year which had some bumps and curves I don't think it was a bad year I think it was a challenging year I think uh this coming year is going to be interesting to see and I'm really excited about our conversation today uh being kind of poised in a direction that I think many of us are wanting answers to uh and hopefully we could figure it all out in well, the next 30. I, I, uh, I think our guest today, Anna Kara, uh, who is mortgage extraordinaire, my kindred spirit, may disagree with that 23 wasn't a bad year. Like it might have been when we're talking in the professional bucket, um, you know, Anna, our industry was a little rocky in 23. Good. Hi, hi, ladies. Nice to be here with you. I can't wait to. Um... Uh, unpack all of this um well 2023 professional year overall yes but uh for me personally uh whenever market gets tough i always focus uh on insight like the company wise so I'm, i make sure that we grow because i know it takes a year or two and then we're going to go back into the you know the strict again so just kind of like going up. So I refocus on the, uh, you know, in my office and making my team better hiring. A lot of people are letting go and I do the complete opposite. That's when I recruit. That's when I start hiring. So, um, overall, very grateful for 2023. Um, I got remarried. So, uh, it was a really exciting year for my family on the personal side as well. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So it was, it was really nice. So, um, 23, you know, it's, um, it's, it's been an interesting year for mortgage bankers in general, but I want to back up a little bit further because I always kind of, whenever I talk about my industry and my job, I always kind of joke, like you don't ever hear children saying, I want to grow up and be a mortgage banker. Like it's not, it's not on the short list. Uh, It's not even on the long (laughs) list. Let's be honest. But the um, sort of the meandering journey that we all, everyone in this industry took to get there is always really interesting. And of course, yours actually started in an entirely different country. So um, let's talk a little bit about how you ended up in this chair that you're in now. Well, I came to this country in 1997. I was a little kid and um, surviving the Armenian um, war with Soviet Union collapsing and so on in the early, uh, late 80s and um, early 90s. And just kind of my mom flew to U.S. to trying to flee and trying to, you know, for a better future for us, for me and my brother. She arrived in U.S. in 1994. And then two and a half years later, give or take, that's when we, my brother and I could come. Basically, she did our paperwork with the immigration. She was able to bring us in. And I was a little kid. Um, 
I lived with my grandma in Russia for about two and a half years. My mom, my brother lived with my brother. Uh, uh, my dad lived with my brother separately. And then uh, once we got to the U.S., um, everything was great off, obviously, being re- reunited with your mom. Um, and um, school, everything was great. I started to, I graduated yearly from high school. I started law school. And then my mom had a manufacturing business at that time, uh, clothing manufacturing. And um she pretty much lost everything. So I literally had to get out of law school to start the work to support uh, my family. And um, I got hired by a real estate and a mortgage company, Heritage Financial Group here in LA. I was the receptionist there. And um, within six months into it, I just kind of fell in love with the process of the, I love observing. I'm a very observer. Like I observe people and I like to figure things out how to do it better. And um I started actually doing the cold calls, the leads that the realtors and the loan officers kind of uh, turned it down because nobody was answering the phone. But I monitored because I was the one who was hand- giving them out to them. I monitored that, you know, they were calling them between the hours when they're at work or they just got back from work and nobody's going to talk to you. Back in the days, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about like late uh, 90s, early to 2000s, where Thomas Guide just came out, you know, online version, we didn't even have a uh, Google Maps, so to speak. So um, so I started staying up late and giving them call around 8 p.m., 8.30 p.m. instead of, you know, 6.37 p.m., the latest that the realtors and the loan officers would call. So again, six months down the line, I had more transactions on the board than any of the realtors and the loan officers there. And then that was that. I just took it from there. And then um, two years later, the owner of the company was moving to Moreno Valley. I couldn't move. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this. I opened up my own shop at 21 years old, 20, 21 years old, 20 20 years old. Yeah, give or take. So I was like, I'm just going to go for it. And the rest is history. I'm 40 years old at this point. So. God, I love you're like just you're you're living our dream in our life. I love it. Uh, I have a similar story with insurance, so it's very cool to see a gal who's like just made it happen. So now let's talk about what in the hell it's like to sit in your seat in this environment. Because I can tell you from an insurance side, it's you know best defined as like a dumpster fire. I mean, people are able to buy products. It's five to ten times more expensive in your space are 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 people buying homes with these interest rates i mean what's going on they are and this is stacy can agree with me on this they are because especially in la um there is no inventory the rents are so high there is no inventory and when people like i i like to sit down with the clients and just do like comparison for rent versus a, a buy and so on and um you know, it just doesn't make any sense for them to go under that much rent when we could just a small down payment they could purchase. I always say that, you know, you're much, you're not marrying the rate. You know what I mean? You're just kind of like dating the rate for a certain period of time. Once rates adjust, we could always refinance you. But that same house, when the rates drop, it's going to be at least $100,000, $150,000 more because you're going to be overbitten and everybody's going to be back on the market trying to purchase. And, um, one of the main reasons why I survive uh, during the ups and the down portions of the markets is that um, this is, again, I, I don't know, uh, it might be a shocker, Stacy, for you, but it's just from day one, my number one focus has always been the consumer directly, and I never focused on advertising to realtors. 
So I build my clientele based on one-on-one relationship with my consumers. And those that consumer always given me a referral and, you know, word of mouth kind of a deal, old school type of a thing. And great, I have great working relationships with great realtors that I do business with. Uh, but at the end of the day, my focus is not the realtor. My focus is the client. Because if both the realtor and I focus on making sure the client is happy, guess what's going to happen? They're going to give us more referrals and we both are going to receive that referral versus me focusing on the realtor and then, uh, you know, bypassing the client kind of a deal when uh, our industry main focus is always the, the is been a realtor. Everybody tells the loan officer, contact a realtor for the referral uh, partner, basically. So in regards to that, um, it's been it's been slower, obviously, than the previous years with COVID and everything else. I don't I don't call that a realistic numbers. Okay. I always tell them don't compare that because that's not the reality. Go, you know, before COVID and then you have COVID and then now whatever is happening now. So everybody likes to compare obviously to COVID everything else, but those are not realistic numbers. But uh, if we go before COVID and now it's, uh, now it's not a really big difference. Honestly, if you look at the numbers, compare the numbers prior to COVID happening. And then after it's not really a big difference overall. I do think, um, and Samantha, you and I have talked about this a lot. I do think that the smart money is buying now, despite what the media would have you believe, despite what you might read about on the internet, the smart money is buying now for a variety of reasons. Anna mentioned a lot of them. And um, we are seeing activity. I know that, again, the media wants us to think that uh, nobody's moving because rates are too high. It's just not the case. You know, we always say to our clients, you're, you don't write the check for four percent you write the check for three thousand six hundred and forty two dollars so let's talk about the payments that fits into your overall financial picture in terms of what you're trying to accomplish with assets and liabilities and where we can get you to where you are the happiest so um, you're right there's a lot going on there um and you know in terms of database like we at, at my company we always refer to the database as the private gated community your own private gated community mm-hmm. and there's so many people in sales that don't work their private dated community private gated community um dated, i was it, like dang girl what are we doing yeah I know. Some, <laughs> but you know it's interesting in both of our like worlds of, of you know insurance and in um mortgage it, it it is a cycle it's an up and down and i don't know many markets or many industries that have this ebb and flow as ours historically always has you know ever since any of us have been in the industries um and to be able to still stand i think is the coolest part and to say okay you know we know when it's going to be flush it's going to be rad and we're going to be able to make a ton of money and when it's not so flush we need to be able to like anna said work on the office, work on the interior, work on the things that when we don't have time to deal with this stuff, now we have this time. And I think a lot of people don't, you know, they're just so freaked out about the the deals aren't coming in. Um, and they're not using that time to properly, you know, plan for when there's so much business, they can't function. So like, what are some of the things I think that you both could help, you know, people in, in these industries kind of, you know, be help weather the storm, so to speak? Well, I mean, for us, we've talked about a lot in this is the time to get your, you know, your CRM set up or, you know, work on your marketing piece or core, you know, get your database cleaned up or what, whatever it is. I mean, everyone's business is a little bit different, right? Everybody's focus is a little bit different in the way they approach it. And so we've worked a lot with our teams about, you know, tell us about 
how you want to grow your business. And let's make sure all of the pieces are in place now today in order to make sure you're capturing it when things start to turn. And certainly over the last couple of months, we've started to see rates come down a little bit. The inflation numbers are starting to come down. The market tends to be very anticipatory. So by the time the Fed starts cutting rates, that will already be all built into the pricing and, uh, and you know, we'll already be heading off to the races again. So uh, it's it's a matter of making sure that you are prepared and you are in the right place doing the right things to capture what you want for your business. And I don't know how you feel about all that. 100% agree with you. And I think the other thing that we need to add to it is the the power of actually having a social media presence, online yeah. presence. It's extremely powerful. Uh, it's the new way of saying word of mouth kind of a deal. Us today, like if we're looking for somebody, hairdresser, like somebody who, what doesn't matter what it is, what does our friend do? Sends us their Instagram page. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's the first thing they do there. Hey, I'll show you their IG page. Here's the, here's the, it's like giving somebody your business card. I stopped printing business cards just over two years ago. Just an FYI. Anybody asks me for business cards, I just direct them to my social media. I just give them my Instagram. I'm like, I stopped printing business cards. Like who 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 keeps business cards? Anybody gives me a business card, I if they're interesting, I might take a picture of it. But then it just goes to waste. I'm like, I'm not gonna, you know, that's portion. And then also one of my other things, main things that I personally focused on is building my processing team. I think it's the bread and butter of any mortgage business. And I think that's a place where a lot of people actually don't uh, focus on. They only focus on the loan officers kind of a deal. But if I bring in 20 files today, is my processing team going to be able to handle that or not? If they don't handle it, guess what happens? It's bad image. You know, the, it, it doesn't matter if you bring in 30, if you cannot close them. You know, so much rather bring two and then actually be able to close and then grow your processing team versus hiring more loan officers. And I think when the down come, uh, downtime comes, it's an ideal time for training, for processor training, for hiring new processors. And you do a lot of hiring and firing this past couple of years. Like I, this past two years, I did, I did a lot of hiring and firing, trying to, you know, uh, figure out who fits, uh, um, the company who fits our environment because I'm very protective over my space as well. I don't just hire people for the purpose of hiring. I want quality people who, you know, share the same vision, who are here to help people and they're not over, you know, it's, it's people over dollars for us. So I just want to make sure that, you know, my loan officer is not going to close a transaction just to make the commission, but it is worth it for the client to close that transaction because at the end of the day, uh, we are the professionals and we are the ones who need to give the best advice out there. So I just want to, you know, working with integrity and honesty, it's our number one goal. So I, I do think social media has given us the opportunity to really expand our impact and our, um, our touch on people, because uh, I think what a lot of people forget is owning real estate is the best way to build wealth in the world in of all other options. hundred percent. Real estate long-term yeah. is the best way anybody can grow wealth, generational wealth, change the trajectory of their lives, their children's lives. So it it, it becomes a very important piece of that overall financial picture. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, social media allows us to have, extend that reach beyond what we would typically be able to. So um, I do think it's, it's a very important part of business or should be, but Speaking of impact, I want to I want to right turn a little bit here because part of what you have done in your 20 years of amazing success and owning your 
own business is it a lot it has allowed you to start a foundation and um support causes back in your home country tell us a little bit about how that came to be and what you guys are doing with the foundation today well it all started off with the um orphan kids basically it's just it was just a group of us got together at the time and um uh, you know, throughout the years after the wars and Soviet Soviet Union collapse, Armenia has been struggling a lot. But this past like five, six years after the revolution, it has, you know, um, uh, a lot of many successes. But prior to that, it was struggling a lot, uh, trying to go back, you know, stand on his two feet. So um, we will always be helping out. You know, it's like it's it's like um, giving out donations and so on are constantly helping. It's not helping the country. It's like being in that same circle and just going around and around. It's like waiting for somebody to give you something for you to live. I was like, we have to figure out a way how to create or do something that it allows them to grow. You know, we're helping them to grow versus just handing them down basically. Oh, here it is. Go survive for another six months and then we'll figure it out the rest. So what I decided to do, I've, um, the kids who graduate from orphanages, when they turn 16, they need to leave the orphanages. They become like legal adults kind of a deal in Armenia, 16, yeah. At 16, so my God. Yeah, 16, 17, depending on when they start school and so on, like universities. So what we decided to do is the kids who actually have good grades in school and they're, you know, they will do like an application for to enter the program. And uh, what we did is we, we took them in, we housed them, we provided with food, shelter, everything. Like uh, we rented a, an apartment for them um, um, and um, provided with them like all their means were covered. Okay, their number one thing was just to go to school, get good grades and, you know, graduate, uh, do some volunteer work and so on. Basically, we're preparing them for the for life at the end of the day, because they grew up if they were young and they grew up in an orphanage. They, that's not what they taught them because they were constantly trying to get donations. So they would not let them actually grow and actually go to work to make money because the minute they started making money, they would get the funding would be cut off and they would not make as much money. Unfortunately, the corruption was there. So, yeah, it was pretty sad. So we came up with that program and uh, we housed different um, girls and some boys and so on. And we took care of them for for years, years. And down the line, my main thing is that, okay, now it's whoever has gone through the program needs to give back. Like they need to be involved in the new kids that are coming in. So it's not just a one-time thing. You get it and you're done and that's it and you and you move on, okay? So we wanted to create this environment. I was working very closely with the government where um, they, after the revolution, after the old regime changed and so on, um, there was over 150 employees that were corrupted, that got fired and all the money, the older uh, uh, paychecks basically were turned into actual funds that we helped them to get houses. All those kids who were orphanages, uh, oh. when they finish or graduate orphanages by law, legally, the government needs to pay them to buy a property. So, yeah. So, but all these years, all that money was being robbed. So, you know, we helped them to make that happen and we got houses for over 30 different, uh, kids as well. And that the program continues to do so. And about six or seven of them were part of our program, the girls as well. So a lot of things, uh, a, a, a lot of involvement in that aspect. And now we're kind of like shifting. We just want to open up a, a center where they have a go-to place to go to. 
Um, so that's something that we're working on. And then again, the, the, the war happened two or three years ago again, and we just got kind of shifted and we, we shift our focus to the war and helping families the you know, from, uh, Rarabagh and Artsakh coming in. And it, it's, it's, it's been a roller coaster. We're just trying to cover everything, uh, right now, just to make sure everybody's, um, well taken care of, so to speak. But, but it's, our- it's one thing to like watch it on the news and it's another thing to sit there and like try to be, you know, somebody that's making a difference, you know, from even so far away. So, I mean, can't commend you enough. Like that's ama- amazing that you're doing and have been doing it for so long. Yeah, we've been doing it. I've been doing it for, for, for a very long time. It's just that it's been this past couple of years. It just came up like it, it, I started advertising it more because I was always doing it just for the purpose of myself doing it. And then with the war happening, we wanted to bring more awareness. So we started advertising more. And I flew in and out of Armenia at the time of the war. I was there. We took over three and a half tons of medical aid back in 2000. And, um, and I mean, We've been on it since then. So it's this past couple of months ago that, you know, with the, with the, with the Artsakh being handed down with the little wars here and that, that they were happening again, we're fully involved in it, helping out and uh, taking care of families and so on. And it's, it's, it's been, it's been a roller coaster. Let's just put it that way. And hopefully one day this will all come to an end and my people can actually live their life. One day, hopefully the whole world will figure it the fuck out. Right. Everybody could just be nice and like, just be cool and like get along and just not, you know, I I don't know what's wrong with this world. Um, Okay. So here's my burning question. I always like to know you're a very accomplished woman. You've got this crazy, like incredible career. You're doing philanthropy. I believe I read that you're a mother as well. Yes. So you know, you got, you got just that going on too. What's the hardest part of this journey? Because I always think it's interesting to know, like, where, where was your biggest roadblock and how did you get over it? Like, what was that big block? Um, as surprising as this might sound to people, a lot of people think I was just, you know, uh, I'm just like so confident in myself and I could do this and all. I was just like born like this. You know what I mean? Uh, but it doesn't, you have that self-doubt, you know, you have the, as an entrepreneur, you ladies know this, that, you know, the dark days, you're just by yourself and nobody's there to cheer you on. And uh, it gets very, 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 very uh, lonely sometimes. Sometimes you just want to throw in a towel and say, you know what, I'm trying to do my best here, help everybody out. And there's nobody out there who appreciates it, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's people, you know, how they are. Some will, some won't, some forget, whatever it is, but you have, you're doing it for yourself. And then I have to bring myself back to reality and say, Anna, you're doing this for yourself at the end of the day, because this is what you love doing. And thus, this is what brings you the most joy, just doing something for somebody and not expecting anything in return. I think it's the greatest gift in a world that anybody can experience. And it's not an easy thing to do because you always have that expectation, but then when you just do it and not expect anything back, and I always say this, you know, God is watching. So let it, you know, have kids. And I'm a very strong believer in karma. And, um, you know, your kids always answer for you. So <laughs> you have to be very, very mindful of that. And um, I think it's the it's the self-belief, you know, and then the self-doubt that you don't need to doubt yourself. And as far as like, I get sidetracked sometimes, like thinking about competition, but my whole life, I've never focused on competition. I've been my own competition. I always like, okay, what can I do to make myself better today, next month, two months down the line and so on. And then when you have kids, um, you know, life just happens. You just have to take care of it as it goes. You cannot fully plan everything as you want to, uh, but you just have to kind of go about it. So 
I think it's the self-doubt and self, um, you know, uh, you be your own cheerleader. I, I think that was one of my uh, the hardest things uh, to to overcome. I um, I will tell you right now, we will always cheer for you. We will Thank always you. have your back um, because especially, I, I feel like especially women in our industry and finance and, and uh, in, you know, real estate in general, like we need to support each other. There's yeah. not a ton of us out there. And um, so we're always going to cheer you on from here on out. Just know if you need, uh, if you need somebody to give you a lift, we're your call. You've got the S's behind you. Okay. Thank we're here. you. Thank we're you supporting. so much. It is. Likewise, 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 hundred um, percent. So what do you see for you and your business in 2024? You said you've been adding some people, so you're getting ready. Um, where do you, where do you see things going uh, for the industry for you? What's next? Well, my main, my main goal is to be as me person, as Anna, I want to do more, be on the social media, do more as far as public speaking. And I want to take our uh, industry in our community and especially in the Armenian community. I really, really want to change people's perspective and how they do business because to me, like everybody, even I know it sounds kind of cliche because everybody thinks like it's a thing that you're saying when you say like you don't do your work, you don't do your job for the purpose of getting paid. I, I honestly don't look at it that way. I always, my number one priority is to make sure the client is happy, client gets what they need to. And then the reward getting paid is the, is the end reward that we just, we just get. So the focus needs to be shifted to the client, not to the realtor, not to the loan officer, not to the uh, you know, uh, the insurance agent, not to the accountant, n- none of those people matter at the end of the day. It's the client. Our number one goal working together needs to be to, to serve the client. So the shift in our industry needs to be, the, the, the whole thing needs to be shifted that why are we, why are we, you know, going after the realtors as far as trying to get a referral partner when you're supposed to be partnering up with the realtor, Okay. And both of your focuses should be trying to get that client to work with you guys for the purpose because you guys are the best, not because there is a, you know, nobody wants to talk about this, but there are kickbacks that are constantly given out to the realtors and to insurance agents or CPAs or or law firms, this and that. And again, I, I'm a very strong advocate in regards to that. I don't pay anybody. Anybody comes to me. They don't know they're not getting paid anything. I always tell them, you come, you work people with people. really kick back. I don't kick. I mean, we legally. I don't. I don't. And I I'm do. very, very firm on that. I definitely know people. People that, do that? And it's super sketchy and yeah. gross. Yeah. Is it against, it's against the law in my world. Is it yours as well? 100%. 100%. It's crazy. It's crazy. But I know people personally who have done it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's bad. It's really bad. And consumer on the end doesn't know that that's happening, right? They're the ones that get impacted and they, they don't know what's happening. It's, it's just, it's, it's just bad business anywhere. Well, I think a lot of times when you are buying a property, you know, and if it's your first time, a lot of things are just happening so quick. You don't know, and you don't know what you don't know as that first time home buyer. And so, I mean, I, I, it totally would make sense that they could get taken advantage of because, you know, oh, just go to this person or go to that person. And you're like, eh, I just want to buy the house. Um, it can be very complicated, but I mean, yes, I, I'm a firm believer in being an advocate for the client and the focus is the client. Cause if the client isn't happy, uh, newsflash, no one's getting paid. 100%. Right? Yep. <laughs> 
Fair point. Hundred percent, and nobody's getting a referral. What's no, no, no. And one thing um, I wanted to add to that is um, not only they get kickbacks, but recently I had a situation when they when they told the client like, if you don't go with our lender, we're not going to accept your offer. Also illegal. Yeah. But that happens. That happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 really bad. I mean, I understand cross qualification. That's when I come in and I talk to their, you know, loan officer, whoever it is, and we cross qualify them with them. That's fine. That's you know, being doing good business and looking out for your seller. I get it. Or your, uh, uh, but for them to tell you that we're not going to accept your offer unless you. Um, go with our loan agent, that is illegal. So my thing about it is to educate people as much as possible on this topic and tell them like, look, go interview loan officers, go interview realtors and figure out who's what and so on and with whomever you feel comfortable and then do business with that person. You know, I'm like our company slogan is we don't want to be your only lender. We want to be your best. So it's like, we don't want you to only work with us. You you pick and choose, but whatever we do, we are going to be the best in it. You guarantee that, you know, we're going to give, provide you the best of everything. I love that. I think I might steal that for just my, my 2024, my anthem. Uh, and tell us where people can find you. You mentioned your social media. Tell us where we can direct traffic. It's uh, at Anna Kara Loans. Best place to find me. It will be the social media. I am fully involved in my dms i'm the only one that answers my dms so just an fy but just want to put it out there and a lot of business gets done through dms which will be really shocking for people to know that um i just throughout the years build this nice little community and uh on uh on instagram uh and um you know any questions, anything you guys need, more than happy to answer. All our contact information is there as well. So if you guys need to call, schedule an appointment, it could be virtual, it could be in office. We have a beautiful office. And um, and uh, yeah, so available. Starting the year off pretty solid over here at Inspired. I don't know. We're going to have to have some tough competition to, to uh, you know, get up to the level here. I really enjoy your story and I really enjoy that you, you really have a very optimistic outlook and a great approach. And I could see why you're an enjoyable person to do business with, not only from the loans, but also as an employer. I I, I find a good a good vibe with you. So thanks for your time today. We know that we feel inspired and we hope that everybody else gets out there this month and for the rest of the year and is inspired.